Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Glenn, old man Grognard, back again. And I want to, first off, thank a certain... uh, woman from Warsaw named Alexandria. I talked to her on the Giant Dragons Gamer Chat yesterday, and she kind of realigned my head about what a game is about. Because I remember in my first episode, I mentioned that the players were players because it was a table, it's a tabletop game. The players are players and the DM's the board. But I said a very flexible board, which is kind of a cop-out. And I mentioned that to her, and she reminded me that the game... That's, that's not really what I, what I believe is the game is what happens at the table between the players and the DM. And it's a back and forth. It's, I describe something, they ask questions, I answer the question, maybe make a roll, there may be conflict, but it's a, it's a dialogue between the players and the DM through the whole thing. That's how it happens. It's storytelling, it's group storytelling. And it's a good thing. So thank you, Alexandria, for reminding me of that. I also want to recommend some books. IDW, which is a comic company that most of you know of, probably, they do a lot of reprints of classic comics. And they have a four-volume set of the original Advanced Dungeons & Dragons comic books that DC used to publish. They also do volumes of, there was uh, Forgotten Realms, Spelljammer, and Dragonlance. I have three of the four volumes at this time of the D&D classics, and they're really good, and they could really help you at the table, I think. Gives you some idea, or give you some idea for games, rather. I like it because it feels like a D&D game, because they have this core group of characters, and once a story arc's finished, that story arc's finished, they kind of split off a little. Like, we follow these two guys, or let's follow these three people. Or maybe they bring in a couple of more new characters. It felt like somebody's game where people were going, okay, I can't be here next week, but we got a new guy coming in, that kind of thing. It just feels like that in the background. You can almost hear the dice rolling. It's great. And also, I don't know why they didn't do this through the whole run, but the first volume, it's like the first year they did it, they gave you one of these stats in the back of the comic for the main players. Like, you get a stat for a villain the monster in the story and the MacGuffin, the magic item or something like that. And they give it to you for every issue, which is really nice, especially if you're playing one E, but you can adapt it to anything. Yeah. IDW Dungeons and Dragons classics, Dungeons and Dragons Forgotten Realms classics, Dragonlance, Spelljammer, they do all that, but look them up. You can find them like for, I think one volume is like 20 bucks, 25 bucks, something like that. Hard to find in the comic store. So I go on Amazon. Or other places like that. Anyway, that's my endorsement. Let's get to the movie, the main the main event here. I'm going to talk about Kelly's Heroes. That is one of the few war films I like. I can count them on one finger, on one hand. Kelly's Heroes, Patton, and Mash. That's the extent of my war film biography, if you want to call it. I like Kelly's Heroes because it's a good example of one story disguised as another. It's a war film, but at its heart, it's a bank heist. If you don't know the story, it's all about this squad of guys who have been pushing and pushing since they hit the beach at Alamo. 
and they finally captured, you know, a certain sector. Okay, they're in this French town, a certain sector, and their CEO, this captain, who's a real jerk, kind of, he comes off as off shucks nice, but he's a real jerk. He is the captain because his, I think his uncle or something like that, is the commander of this division. And he basically says, oh, look, I found a yacht in this basement. I'm taking this yacht to bring it home. I'm going to go back up to headquarters. You guys stay here, take some R&R for about four days, and then get back into the line. They never get to go in to the town and have fun. They have to stay where they are. And they're going, this is BS. But one guy, Kelly... On their last push through with the Germans, they captured a German officer who happened to tell them that 30 miles behind enemy lines, there's a bank, which is filled with millions of dollars of gold. So Kelly thinks, to hell with this R&R, he don't know where we are anyway, he doesn't care, so let's go get the gold. So he gets these guys in the squad together and a couple other guys from outside, and they go try and boost the bank, get through the enemy lines. And they're like just barreling through the enemy lines. And this guy's uncle, the the the, the general, is like, what's going on here? These guys are, are doing what we're supposed to be doing. You know, he doesn't he he doesn't he doesn't get it. He doesn't know. But anyway, that's that's the plot right there. And I thought that'd be great for a scenario of where you want to do something like a war but you don't want to get into the big picture. Kind of reminds me of that RPG Operation White Box, where it's about World War II, but it's not about the whole war. It's about the squads who do special missions. Well, this is a special mission. That'll work. And the thing is, this is one time where being a mercenary or murder hobo or whatever you want to call them is a good thing. Works to your advantage because that's the whole point. Yeah, you're trying to get the enemy, but you're also trying to get rich and get the gold. And, you know, that's that's pretty much a lot of them do that for treasure. But this actually gives you a good reason for doing it. So you can take, like, say a kingdom, two kingdoms are fighting, and you want to get the, you want to get to whatever the MacGuffin is on the other side. Or a kingdom and, say, an orc tribe, an orc nation. They're being right, the army of the undead, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. You can do that with it, and it'll work just as well. And the nice thing is, in the movie, they had four days. So that gives you an automatic time limit. If you if you have a thing where they need to report back at X time to this CO on the other side of the field, that gives them that gives you a, that gives them a stopwatch. That gives them a clock. Okay, the clock's ticking. You guys better have, you know, better do this. And you could throw the usual, I'm talking fantasy here, but, you know, there's other places. You could throw the usual stuff at them, like dungeons and monsters and encounters and all this other stuff, but it gives it a sense of urgency. It gives it a sense of, okay, do we fight? Do we just, like, go around them or run away? Also, in the movie, they had... One thing about war movies, I understand, is that unlike any other genre, it really lends itself to typecasting as far as types of soldiers, because they're always trying to give you like a cross-section of people, because in there you've got Big Joe, this tough sergeant, you've got Crap Game, the guy who can get anything, you've got Oddball, the weirdo with the tanks, you've got Cowboy, who 
self-explanatory, etc., 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 which fits great for types of characters if you want to do that. Say you have like a fifth-level thief who's known that he knows where to get stuff. That could be filled in by that. I've used Oddball in games before as player character. I make him an illusionist, which is a lot of fun. And also, you can have the big guns because if they're like, if they're working, not so much working, they don't have to be working. They could be mercenaries hired by the government, kingdom, whatever. They will have, especially if you have the thief character, they will have access to bigger guns, bigger things. Say they were hauling a catapult or something like that with them. One or two catapults, a trebuchet, something. Going through their lines, nobody will notice. Okay, they're just going somewhere to, you know, do that, do that. And once you get behind the lines, it gets a little trickier, of course. So it's a really interesting dynamic, and you'll have dynamic within the group, too. So, and you can throw dungeons in there. You know, maybe they have to go into a dungeon through to get to the MacGuffin. Maybe the MacGuffin, whatever it is, the gold, whatever, is in the dungeon, in this one, like, temple or something that the enemy knows it's there and they're guarding it with their own machinery, whatever. So in the end, it really works well if you're doing this kind of scenario. And I would love to try, I'd love to hear what you guys do with it. I don't know if I could do it, but it's got me thinking now, what other genres you can put it in too? A Western, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, say it's okay. A Western, fine. You put it down around Texas, southern Texas, and during the Mexican-American War, and they want to go steal some gold from the Spanish, and the gold is in a bank 30 miles away, behind behind the border. There's another one. Uh, pulp. That's easy. All you have to do is update the equipment because you already got the Nazis right there. I mean, that was the whole thing. I mean, if you think about it, Raiders of the Lost Ark was also a heist film. So there you go. Anyway, that's my idea for that. And I think it's a good one. And I'd like to hear what you guys think about it. You can give me a voicemail here or at oldmangrognard at gmail.com. So there's your movie for the week. Next time, I hope to have something different. I probably will. I want to start talking about other things too. So Until then, keep the dice warm, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.